Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome once again to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside, of course, is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are, as mentioned in the opening credits, uh, we are the hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing very well for a, a Tuesday morning. Uh, always glad to be here with you. Uh, we got a great show, Cindy. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a moment uh, by a young lady off of the Symmetra Tour. Her name is uh, Crystal Kiwis, and um, she's going to be joining us here. She was the runner-up at the um, Firehouse, uh, sorry, Firekeepers uh, Casino Hotel Championship a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as you recall, we had uh, Rajin Liu, who was the winner of that event. She joined us um, following the, uh, the tournament. And uh, Crystal was the runner-up at that event, so she's going to be coming on. We're going to talk about some interesting things. And then a little bit later on, we're going to welcome back uh, Gail Graham, uh, who is a uh, LPGA uh, teaching and club professional member and uh, also a Legends Tour player as well. She'll be joining us on the second half of the show. Um, so let me just tell everyone a little bit about Crystal, and then we will, uh, we'll bring her on, and, and I see she's ready. So uh, Crystal, she attended the University of Arizona. Uh, she was an all-Pac-12 freshman of the uh, year uh, in 2014-2015. She won the 2013-14 AJGA Ping Heatherfar Championship, uh, which was held at Longbow Golf Club, which also happens to be the same course that she'll be playing for at the uh, Founders Tribute. Uh, She was also a participant at the AJGA Wyndham Cup and Ping Junior Solheim uh, events, and uh, she was named to the All-Pac-12 Conference team as a junior. Uh, she her season best was last season, where she placed fifth at the Valley Forge Invitational. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome to the show our very special guest, Crystal Kiwis. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you now, in Chris, uh, Phoenix? Yeah, I'm currently in Phoenix driving up to Longbow as we speak. Um, I have a practice round tea time to, uh, today. Today's the official round for the Longbow event, the practice round. And then um, Thursday I'm playing in the Pro-Am. I leave my tea time at 8.30 a.m. And then we get going on the first round on Friday. So super excited for this week. <laughs> awesome. Ted? Very good. Um, Crystal, let me just ask you real quick because I want to make sure I got it right. It is pronounced kiwis, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's just like the kiwi fruit with an S. Um, kiwis, some people just call me kiwi for short. Uh, I kind of got my nickname in college at the <laughs> University of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a, a very cute uh, analogy to uh, to have um, in, in university. Okay, so let me ask you, I'm going to start things off here. Let me ask you, as I mentioned in the opening uh, credits here that um, you were the runner-up at the Firekeepers uh, um, Championship a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, right behind Rajin Liu, who ultimately went on to win the event. Um, so let me ask you, when you look back now at, at that tournament, what part of your game do you feel held you back from being in the winner's circle? Um. I, so I was not runner-up um, in the Michigan event, but, um, you know, i just been working really hard this off season on my swing and getting it ready. And the last couple of years that I've been on tour, you know, I've uh, noticed some changes that I need to make. So um, this off season, I'm just really working hard on my swing and getting it together and um, just trying to trust it, bring tournament play, um, really – 
working extremely hard on my short game too, uh, so that's gotten a lot better. So I'm just making, you know, small changes um, that are going to better improve my game along the way. Um, so I'm just looking at small wins every day and, you know, that you just got to go from there. And I think the mental aspect of the game is very important because if you don't have a strong mental side, um, you know, for the game of golf or any sport that you do, um, there's really no point in doing it. <laughs> um, so I think just, you know, uh, making positive changes uh, that you see in your weaknesses and make them change them to your positive sides and make them your strong suit of your game. Um, it's very beneficial and crucial for the long run. I, I couldn't agree more. Let me just sort of ask a follow-up a little bit, if I may. Um, and, and this really can apply from any event, but um, after you've played events, uh, and regardless of you know, win, lose, or draw, what do you feel that you take away? What, what experience do you take away, and what do you feel you learn from each event? Oh, you, you know, you learn something every day. Every time you go out there and you practice, and you, but you, even when you go practice, you learn something, um, you know. So it's just like it could be anything. It could be different shots, like, oh, if I'm behind a tree and you're trying to cut it, you know, maybe 20 yards and you actually do it during turn and play, and you're like, oh, wow, I have that shot in my bag. And it's really cool when you pull it off because you just, you know, it's a problem to you. And, um, you know, that's the game of golf. You just, uh, it's all in art. Um, that's what my dad taught me. And it's basically all feel. So you got to get creative with your art out there in golf and, you know, go see what you can do and see what shots you can, you know, pull off. Like sometimes you want to, a lot of people want to be like Tiger Woods and, you know, hit that flop shot and, you know, sink it in for birdie or something and, you know, you just got to go out there and trust yourself and do it. Very good. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Cindy, go ahead. So when you say you're working on your game, um, I teach an awful lot of kids who want to play college golf. What are you, and I tell them, no matter how good you get, you're always working on something, and it might be real right-brained, you know, just trying to feel things better. Can you tell us what you're working on? Yeah, so, um, so like, the last maybe five years, uh, <clears throat> my swing has been, like, a lot of movement in my lower body, so I'm trying to quiet that down right now and be more precise and consistent um, with my drivers and especially my irons because um, if you're more consistent with your irons, you have better opportunities for yourself to set yourself up for birdies or eagle positions. And, you know, the for female golfers, um, you have to be more consistent and precise because, you know, we're not guys, so we can't hit it <laughs> 300 yards and, you know, spray it all over the place and then, you know, you still have a wedge. But for for female golfers, it's a little different. The game is played. Um, it's more critical. Um, so you just got to be precise with your shots. And for junior golfers who want to proceed, you know, and go into college golf, I I think um, practice is, is key, and, you know, you just got to have a strong fundamental of what you're working on, and you got to go trust it, practice a lot, and most importantly, you got to go have fun on the golf course, because if you're not having fun, then there's really no sense in doing it. So that's the most important key to the golf game, in my opinion. Awesome, awesome. And what do you love most about playing professionally? Um, that's a tough one because, you know, every time I go play, you're meeting someone new from, you know, anywhere. It could be European, you know, Spain, Colombia, um, Canada, Mexico. It's it's pretty cool. You get to make friends along the way, and you're all on the same journey, and you're all you all have the same passion to strive to get to the LPGA, and you guys all have the same goals. So it's it's fun getting to, you know, I guess like pick each other's brains and see what betters yourself. And, you know, traveling is, is really fun. Um, I'm getting to sightsee new places every week. And, you know, I would have never dreamed 
um, as a little girl, you know, traveling to all these prestigious events and, you know, getting the opportunity to to play. Um, I'm really lucky in, in that aspect. Um, but sometimes it does get tiring on the road because the Metro, you drive um, from tournament to tournament because they're just so close. But sometimes the drives are, like, maybe nine hours, so you're just, like, dead tired after the round, and then you have to go drive. But, you know, the drives are really cool because if you're on an airplane, you, you don't get to see anything. <laughs> you just fly right over. So driving, you get to sightsee, you know, stop. Maybe there's um amusement park or anything, something about the little town that uh, you get to, you know, notice. And it's just really cool. Awesome, awesome. And, of course, um, you know what's funny is that getting in the car and driving never stops. Uh, the Legends Tour called and said, we need a fill-in for the KPMG Clinic in New Jersey. Can you come yeah. on Monday? So my husband and I got in the car and drove, you know, seven hours over there, did the clinic yesterday, got done at 5 o'clock and drove home seven hours back last night, got home at midnight. But it was just so fun to get in the car and go do a road trip again, which sounds yeah. kind of sick, but once you're a gypsy, you're always a gypsy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, no, um, yeah. traveling by car, just, you just get to see a lot more of, you know, the United States that you've never seen before, and it's just really cool to have in your memory bank. Exactly, exactly. So now I have to ask you, what is the most difficult Part of playing professional golf? I think the most difficult, um, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. But for me, I think the most difficult is staying patient. Um, I'm a person that is kind of like a perfectionist and wants everything like now. Um, but staying patient for me, you know, in the long run, I mean, you're working on something and you know, it takes time to create an artwork. It takes time to create a piece. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, working on sanitation and, you know, just, you know, that saying of smelling the roses, um, you know, just stop and smell the roses. You, you got to just stay in the present uh, when you're out there and, you know, um, just, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, everyone's different, so being patient is probably the most difficult for me. I think it when you know that you're working on um, the right things, that having a positive attitude and knowing that you're doing the right thing and doing everything you can in your power to get better, right. I think golfers on the whole, especially tour players, are more willing to look in the mirror to see what they might be doing wrong because, mm-hmm. uh, again, we've got a saying in our house, let your clubs do the talking. You know, <laughs> my husband and I oh. both played on tour, and so we know how difficult it can be, but you have to just stay patient and know that what you're you're doing is definitely going to give you the right outcome. It just you have to stay patient, which I'm not very good at either. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, Crystal, let me ask you something. Going back to <clears throat> something you said a little little bit back, and you you mentioned about your dad um, sort of getting you into the game. Um, how old were you when you first uh, were introduced to the game? And what were some of the things that he taught you? You mentioned you know a couple earlier, but what were some of the other things that he taught you um, about this game that have really stuck with you all these years later? Um, so yeah, I started playing, uh, when I was seven. Um, so my dad played when he was younger and he went out to the range and I guess one day I just grabbed one of his clubs and I was little, so the club was like really tall for me. So I guess I just started hitting balls at the range and ever since then I've, I've loved it. And as a junior player, um, growing up in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, there's a program called the Ricky Rary. And at the time, there was a, a a girls' division, so the director had to put me with the boys' division. And you know, I hated losing to the boys because I wanted to win and you know hold the trophy of my own. Um, so I asked the director, "How come I don't get a trophy?" And 
it was like, well, Crystal, you got to win. You got to go practice. And ever since then, I just I started practicing, you know, getting better. And then before you knew it, I started competing with the boys and started beating them. And I think that's what got me addicted because I hated losing. And I, that's just a competitive <laughs> side for me. So, um, so, yeah, no, just ever since I was a little girl, I just, I loved competing. And, you know, my dad just taught me that you have to have fun with the game and you got to go out there and, you know, do the best that you can. And one of his um, things that always stuck with me is you're going to lose more than you win. So with the Mm -hmm. game of golf, um, which is very true, I kind of never really understood as a little girl, but I think now growing up, um, I can, I can relate to it. I understand where he's coming from because you know, there's a lot of good golfers out there, and they're all practicing and doing the same thing you are. It's just you got to take it to that next level and see who's going to be strong-minded in the end. And if you're one of the strong ones, then you're going to be at the top. And if you kind of have that negative set, then it's going to be a difficult road for you to, you know, keep going. Um, so I'm just I'm trying to, my hardest to stay positive and, you know, keep that positive positivity going each and every day when I wake up. And, you know, because life is, is short and you want to make the most mm-hmm. of it. So um, you just got to yeah, take those, all the opportunities that you can. Yeah, those are some wise words from your father. Let me ask you, because <laughs> um, you, you mentioned something else earlier about, you know, it's it's important to have fun. And, you know, over the last several years, particularly last year, uh, I, re- I really noticed, and I mentioned this a couple times already on the show uh, over the, you know, the season and so forth, but uh, a lot of the, the players from the Symmetra that we've had on um, who, you know, obviously have their good moments and their bad moments, and suddenly there became sort of a revelation that once they sort of went back to just having fun, and not focusing on the, the grind week. And that doesn't mean that they, they don't work on their games and they don't continue to practice, as you suggest. But once they kind of relaxed right. and said, you know what, I'm here to have fun, all of a sudden, the wins started coming. They started, they started right. holding up those trophies. Do you agree with that? And if so, why? I agree. Um, I mean, first of all, not having fun, and you're 100% into what you're doing. Um, that's just basic, you know, common sense, you know, like in the workforce. Um, but having fun is the most important key because, you know, you're out there, you're alive, you're breathing, you're, you're playing a prestigious golf course. How many people get to do that? And, you know, that's your, that's your job. So might as well take advantage of it and getting to see different places every day and, you know, getting to see new parts of the country that people most people don't get to, and you know, it's just really awesome that the golf, the game of golf, has introduced me. And for a lot of players, I, I mean, I can't score them, but this is my opinion. You know, it's it's just beautiful. Um, but I think you know, yeah, having fun is is good because I mean. You don't want to be stressed out when you're playing. That's not good because then you can't hit a golf ball. <laughs> it will go all over the place. Right, exactly. I, I agree with you. Uh, so let me ask you, um, when you're out in the golf course, and obviously this happens for everybody, um, you know, suddenly things aren't going as you expected. You've, you've had a great practice session. You get on the golf course. You've maybe had a couple of good holes. And all of a sudden, things just kind of go south, for lack of better terms. What do you say to yourself to pick yourself back up? Because you can't make a lot of, you don't want to start making a lot of swing changes and things in tournament play. So you've got to do something. So when things are not going the way you anticipated at the beginning of that round, what do you say to, to sort of get yourself remotivated or repositioned into that, that sort of uh, train of thought? Yeah, um, so that's very difficult. Um, you know, if you're not, you know, playing the well, like the way you expected and things are just not going your way. Um, there have been times, you know, uh, a while back where, you know, 
if it wasn't going well, I kind of just gave up and, you know, I just felt like it, it wasn't worth, you know, even trying, you just swinging. Um, but there came a point in time where I was like, why, why give up, you know? Um, even if you're maybe three over in the first three holes, you still have, you know, all these holes left in, in the round. So you can go birdie, 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 so right, you know, the next three holes and you're back to even, you're back to position one. And, you know, um, I think that has been huge for me is I kind of made a promise to myself that I'm never going to give up even if things are going well or, like, not going well. And that's helped me tremendously, you know, keep going because you never know what the next shot is going to hold. You can have a part three the next hole and you can have a hole in one. Hey, look, you did it. <laughs> and, you know, just having that kind of mentality, you know, striving and see how many birdies can I go and get um, or what can I do with this shot, you know, kind of change your mindset. Um, uh, you're like, oh, snap, I missed the green. Um, okay, well, maybe I can chip it in. You know, there's there's just different ways of looking at it. And I think changing your mindset is really crucial to this game. You just got to be more positive. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, I, you know, mindset is something that I think a lot of our amateurs um, have struggled with. You know, I've seen a lot of amateurs that can hit the ball pretty, pretty decent. Um, but then right. when, when, they get, you know, when they get into a situation where the pressure's on. I had a friend of mine um, for years. You know, we would go out and always have a great, uh, great time playing. But as soon as you put a couple of dollars on a hole, um, it was like a different guy showed up, <laughs> and it's like, which which yeah. was, which was fortunate for me and the rest the rest of the guys that were playing in the foursome. But um, it, for some reason, it just it kind of stymied him. Um, do you watch? Some players uh, like to watch the scoreboard, like to see where they are. And other players just grind it out, and you know we'll, whatever happens, you know what will be will be at the end of the round. Are you a scoreboard watcher, or are you somebody that just focuses on your own game and you'll worry about the score at the end of the tournament? Yeah, um, well, um, so much sure they have the scoreboards out. Um, I think it's like seven or eighteen, and then the tie have it on nine. Um, so they're pretty big, but they're kind of hard to miss. <laughs> but sometimes I'll glance at right. it. Um, if I'm like maybe borderline, I'll look at it and say, okay, if I, I got to breathe this next pole or, you know, grind it out or, you know, I mean, there are times where I won't look at it. Um, but, I mean, it just happens at times. <laughs> you know, there's just a right. small little glance. Um, but it kind of just varies for me, honestly. Well, some players, you know, the reason why I asked that is there's some players, you know, uh, I, I know over the years on like on the PGA Tour as example, who were adamant. I mean, they they had to know exactly where they were positioned every step of the way. And then there were others that really, you know, would look at it but not really focus on it because they were playing their own game. And so I'm just right. curious when when you know if somebody is really kind of gets obsessed with the numbers and, you know, where am I? And, and oh, gosh, I'm three strokes back. What am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, there's kind of that mentality sometimes that they're, they focus too much on where they're positioned, not really what, what's, you know, at hand at the moment. So I was just curious about that. Cindy, go ahead. I'm very, very impressed with your attitude. And oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because it's really difficult, and I think you know you got a great dad who knows how to motivate you, and it doesn't sound like he gives you too much grief, and understands <laughs> that you're working your butt off to try to be the best you can be, and you're and you're so right about never ever giving up, and don't get down on yourself, and it doesn't matter where you stand right this minute. And you just have to stay focused on the task at hand and what you're working on. So kudos mm -hmm. to you. Now Thank I have to so ask much. you, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Oh, so when I was little, I used to go with my family. We used to go water skiing, and that was really fun. Um, it took me a while, you know, to get up because my legs weren't strong. <laughs> they were kind of weak. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of hard to get up and, you know, ski. Um, but I like to draw, um, I kind of just started painting. My friend introduced me to like art canvases and, um, you know, I've kind of been, I mean, I've kind of been much of like a book reader. 
but I've been reading um, some books, and it kind of takes me a little bit, like, to finish them, but um, I'm getting to it. Uh, there's this one book that I'm reading, and I'm almost done with it, but it's just really interesting. Um, I like to hang out with my brother and sister because um, they play golf as well, and we like to have a lot of competitions and, you know, go out there on the golf course, and we'll make bets, and then my boyfriend, Brandon, um, he plays golf as well, so we're all kind of just like a golfing family and it's fun because we're all very competitive and we hate to lose. So it's just like, it's just really fun when you go out there because you're just making bets. You're like, Oh, I bet you can't hit that shot. And then they'll hit it. And they're like, I told you I can hit it. (laughs) So it's just, it's just a cool thing that we have going on. It's a, it's a cool atmosphere. So, um, but everyone's different. Everyone has their own little things, you know, to go have fun. It could be going and getting an ice cream or, you know, laying by the pool. It could be anything. As long as you're enjoying it, that's that's the most important part. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Ted? Yeah, I, I agree. I think you, I think attitude, um, Crystal, is everything. You know, even, even if, when you're not playing well, I think if you have a positive attitude when you're out in the golf course, um, first and foremost, you have a more enjoyable round. Uh, and, and tournament, um, but you know, as you pointed out earlier, um, you're going to lose more than you're going to win in life. And I think if you right. if you go in with that mindset, that doesn't mean that you don't give your your best every time you go out there. But the cold hard reality is, you're not going to win every single time. Um, and as long as you can accept that and understand that, but still go out and do your best, um, then you're going to have a good attitude. And right. I think it's mm-hmm. the ones that. Yeah, and I think it's the ones that don't have a good attitude that get burnt out real quick because they just can't they right. can't keep that mindset you know mindset going. So um, going into this next event, what are you going to be focusing on when you get out there and, and you're you're actually playing? Uh, what do you focus on? So, like I said earlier, I've been working on my swing and doing some changes. So it's. Um, you know, it's a little difficult for me to trust it right now on like during tournament play. So I'm not going to try to worry about focusing on what I need to be doing. I'm just going to focus on, okay, where do I need to place this shot? And that's my target. I'm going to hit it there. Um, Cause if you, I think for me, if you start thinking about the swing and then it, you just get too analytical and, um, and then it just goes chaotic from there. So I think if I just try to keep it right. simple, and, you know, stick to my game plan that I've made for the day, then I think everything's going to work out just fine the way that I wanted to and, and envisioned it. Um, but, you know, just go out there and, you know, play because, you know, COVID has uh, taken a toll on, you know, um, not letting us have as many tournaments to play this year. So having the opportunity to play again, I'm very grateful for it, and I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it that I can. I think that's some words to live by. Well, Crystal, we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning and good luck this week and in all the weeks to come, uh, get out there and, and, you know, grind, 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 as they say, but uh, most importantly, go out and have fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you both and talking with you this morning. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, you have a great event uh, coming up and uh, again, best of luck for the rest of the season. So much. Have a great day. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Crystal Kiwis, uh, Sumatra Tour player, and my mistake, uh, she was not the runner-up, um, as I suggested earlier at the Firekeepers Casino uh, Championship a couple of weeks ago. My apologies for that. I uh, obviously uh, had some incorrect information. Um, but, Cindy, we're going to welcome back um, another uh, great professional such as yourself. Um, of course, I'm talking about Gail Graham. She is an LPGA uh, teaching and club professional and also a Legends Tour player. And whether practicing, playing, watching, teaching, or coaching, uh, she sees the game as an opportunity for learning, personal growth, and, of course, most importantly, fun. Uh, she had 44-plus years as a playing professional and 30-plus years as a uh, uh, professional helped her uh, get inducted in the Canadian Hall of uh, Fame and back in 2018. 
She's also a two-time LPJ Tour winner, uh, earning over $1.2 million, uh, a member of the British Columbia and Manitoba, uh, Manitoba excuse me, Golf Halls of Fame. And she was the uh, president of the LPJ Tour in 2001-2002, uh, 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 being the first non-American. And uh, she was also uh, president of the LPJ Tournament Owners Association. So, uh, Cindy, let's uh, welcome back to the show our very special guest, Gail Graham. Good morning. How are you two today? We're doing well. And I think, Cindy, you might be on mute. <laughs> I think she is. I, no, I knew you were. Weren't you? I knew you were. <laughs> I was trying to behave, but clearly yeah. it didn't work. Anyway, good morning, my dear friend. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I'm having a couple of um, easy down days. I'm in southern Pennsylvania at a lovely KOA campground and, and just uh, having a couple of days relaxation before I head back home to Naples or being in Toledo last week for the uh, Marathon Classic. So I, I really want to ask you, um, you were an announcer for that on the, on the television broadcast, so can you give us some inside scoop on how the week went, what it was like, is it nice to be out in Naples and COVID and all of the above. So go for it. Well, yeah, I was uh, uh, worked for the Golf Channel last week as an on-course commentator for Marathon. And you know, I've done that a lot. Um, I started doing it in 2003 with some Canadian networks and worked my way through all of them. And, uh, and then was hired by the Golf Channel. So I do a couple of it here and, and, with COVID, it kind of shut down my year as a commentator. And then uh, when Fox let go of all the USGA events, it doubled up on Golf Channel and NBC. And so we had both the U.S. Women's Amateur and a Marathon Classic on the schedule last week. So I got called back on to duty, which was great. Um, very, very excited to see the LPGA back in action. And there's a few players that came out with guns blazing and ready to go and, and a few players who admittedly it was kind of a feeling out process as to what their games were like and um, almost like a beginning of the season type of attitude. But, you know, obviously those like a Danielle Kang, a Lydia Coe, a Jody Ewart Shadoff, boy, they came out flying and over the last few weeks, which is really, really exciting to see. Absolutely. What was it like without spectators? <laughs> it was really odd. Um, it was very odd. And and it, uh, on Saturday, I, I followed Danielle Kang, and she came out kind of flat. And there was no, you know, when she'd hit a good shot, there was no uplift other than herself and her caddy going, woohoo, yay. And, and so I, I do think that that plays into it. Seriously, like it, they're, they're cheering for themselves. I think Megan Kang um, earlier in the week was literally cheering for herself and waving to the anonymous crowd and just trying to give herself a little bit of a boost. But it, it was very odd. Um, kind of a, it felt like sort of practice round days where you might be playing maybe a money match with your friends and, and uh, there was a whole lot more on the line than that. So, um it, it was strange, but um, they finished up yesterday. Because there was no crowd, you could see any golf cart that was on the golf course. And as the last group came down to the 17th green, it, uh, the 17th green at Highland Meadows backed into the maintenance area. And in that area, we had maintenance guys and the tournament staff and some golf channel people and sponsors and a uh, few, few, you know, family people that were allowed on site, and there was probably 25 golf carts around the 17th grade, which was really strange. And it, it didn't, it, you know, from a golf TV perspective, didn't look very good. But at least there was somebody out there cheering for them. But um, it was, it was weird. And there was, you know, no grandstands. And Cindy, I know you've been to Highland Meadows, so to not see grandstands behind the 18th green there, it, it's a weird sensation because you don't really have any backdrop. And it, it really kills your depth perception. And, and so it puts a real paramount on making sure your numbers are right and hitting to your numbers. And, and we saw a lot of players go over the back of that green 
and have a pretty precarious uh, pitch as Lydia Ko did um, to try to win the golf tournament. So it was it, it was interesting. I'm so happy to see them out playing. Um, Inverness the week before was just outstanding, and I actually got to play there Saturday morning. It is going to be a fantastic venue for the Solheim Cup next year. Um, so I highly encourage everyone to get out there and, and go. It's a very easy walking golf course for a spectator. Um, there's lots of vantage points because golf, the, the holes come back against each other and parallel each other. Um, and I think they're going to do a phenomenal job in really setting that up for, for spectators to have a great opportunity to see these great women play golf. Awesome. Awesome. Ted? Gail, let me ask you just on, uh, or a, sort of a follow-up question on that, um, uh, you know, on, on crowds. You know, as we navigate through, as you mentioned, COVID and, and having to make some adjustments out on tour, do you think as they get adjusted to this new way that when things turn around and fans do come back, do you think it will be challenging for them because they'll have had, you know, uh, you know, more than likely the rest of this season where they won't have crowds um, and who knows what's going to happen uh, in the beginning of next year. Do you think there'll be a, sort of a readjustment taking place from going from crowds and, like you said, that uplift to not having the fans out there to sort of cheer and, and, and egg them on and then all of a sudden um, now they've got to re-engage? Do you think that that will... Um, just sort of fall back in place as though it never happened? Or do you, th- do you think there'll be sort of a readjustment uh, happening? What do you see? It'll fall right back in place. Um, these players yearn for the ability to show off great golf shots to, to, to uh, spectators. And, you know, the LPGA is very appreciative of its fans and our, and their players are really good at engaging with the fans. And so I think they will be so excited for that first, week that comes that, that there'll be fans there that, you know, they may, they may be distracted by the fans just because they're excited to see them. Um, so I, I think, you know, the readjustment will be just getting, oh, yeah, there's people here. <laughs> that, you know, the readjustment will be something that they'll be excited about. It's not going to be something that they, they uh, don't want. Um, I think to a player, right. that's the thing they're going to say that they missed this week was having people there. And, and you know, right. they realize that that's why they're playing. I mean, they're playing to win tournaments, but they also realize they're an entertainment entity and um, showing off sure. their games and their personalities. It, it, I think they're going to be excited to have people back watching. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, they, you know, this has really been sort of an anomaly um, in the golfing world. It's something that we really haven't, you know, experienced before, certainly not to this level. And I think you're right. I think that they'll sort of fall back into place. So let me ask you, um, when you, if you're working with, as a professional, if you're working as uh, a coach, let's say, to a tour player, um, we know that most amateurs, when they get out in the golf course, doesn't matter whether there's their club championship or uh, or just their weekend foursome, uh, they get out there with a lot of clutter going on upstairs. You know, they're thinking about everything, not only what's going on in the course, but maybe what's going on back home or at the office or what have you. As a coach to a tour player, what do you have them focus on during their rounds? What do you what do you want them thinking about while they're out there playing in the round that maybe an amateur could maybe pick up uh, you know a, a tip from? Well, I, I can give you a, an actual example of this. Last week, Stacy Lewis had her coach Joe Hallett out there on Tuesday and Wednesday to you know, take a look at her golf swing in person because they hadn't been able to get together um, during the COVID quarantine. So, you know, lots of videos went back and forth and FaceTime calls. And, but to have him standing right there um, was a huge help to her. And um, as we were going around, actually, it was during our rehearsal on, on uh, Tuesday, he was out and, and he and I got chatting and I was asking him about what, you know, Stacey had been working on and, and, she came over to the ropes and was able to, to chat with him about, you know, what was happening and, and what she needed to do. And, and, you know, there's so many technical aspects to the golf swing. There's a, there's a sequence of events that happens and there are positions and there are feelings and there are, you know, how, how the path and the, it, it's just, it does, you're right. It clutters your head up. 
And so her entire thought process for those four rounds of golf and uh, him setting her up to, to try to play well that week was to give her a very simple feeling that she could have to be able to make that, you know, make it make her swing work. And for Stacy, mm-hmm. I didn't really know this about her, but <laughs> I learned it from Joe. She is super flexible and super supple in her shoulders. So if she was sitting in the front seat of the car and she was driving, she literally could reach with her right arm over the back, you know, over the seat and behind her to grab something in the floorboard with ease. And so it allows her to literally make a fake backswing. So she she can turn her shoulders and keep her torso facing the ball. And so she had gotten into kind of the habit of that. Her hands, her posture was not was a little too tipped over. Her hands got really low. And then when she made her backswing, it literally was all arms. And that caused a lot of inconsistency with her ball striking. And we all know she when she was number one in the world, boy, she, her ball striking was outstanding. So it, her whole feel was to have make sure that her torso rotated. So that's a pretty simple thought to have when you're on the golf course is to stand up over the golf ball and go, okay, feel this. Feel your torso turning away from the target and then back to the target. And over the course of the tournament, you know, she started out, yeah, okay. I followed her on, on Friday with the golf channel or Thursday with the golf channel. And she, she hit some great shots. Um, she hit some not so great shots. And then she hit these shots that flew probably six, seven, eight yards further than she had intended. And those were the ones where she was actually making that, making that swing the way she was supposed to. And she caught hold of it. And by the end of the week, boy, she posted, I think she posted 65 on Sunday to move up, up well into the top 10. So breaking wow. things down into a very simple thought and committing to that one feeling or thought for your entire round, I think that's what's, how, how you get away from the clutter in your head. Um, you can't control anybody else that's out there. All you can control is yourself. So, you know, Joe gave Stacy mm-hmm. the ability to focus on one thing in her motion that allowed her to return to impact at, at the correct angle, at the correct path, and hit, hit outstanding golf shots. Um, so I think that's the key. Keep it simple. Bring it down into one, maybe two thoughts, um, and, and just go and, and commit to that the whole round and forget about everybody else. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of amateur golfers really struggle with this very thing. You know, they get out and they can hit a decent ball and, you know, you see them on the practice tee and they're, you know, they're, they're able to, to move the ball out uh, with, with some sense of ease. And then all of a sudden they get over to the first tee and it's like, what the heck happened to, you know, to <laughs> Joe or Stacy or, you know, yeah, it's like, well, where did, where did that person go that was just on the practice tee, you know, 10 right. minutes ago? Uh, yeah. And and, and it's just like, you know, as I said, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, as I said, that there, there's a lot of tension that happens. You know, we automatically get right. faster when we go from the, from the warm-up tee to the, to the first tee. So being able to, understand how what what are your what are the things happen to you that when you get to the first tee i know that for me i will sometimes on the first few shots just because of adrenaline and maybe a little excitement um that i come up and out a little bit quick um on my first few shots so um i quite often will tee the ball a little bit higher on the first tee and that allows me to make that little bit of a mistake come up and out and still hit a good tee shot but I know that about myself, and and you know that comes through a lot of practice and training. And um, one thing that amateurs don't do a lot of, I think, is train themselves on the lesson tee. We don't in golf. We don't practice where we play. So you have to try to create a scenario on on the warm up tee and on the on the on the lesson tee and on the practice tee as you're working on your game that creates that sensation that you're going to have on the golf course. Annika used to hit. She hit one shot at a target and then she would change targets. Um, and she, and mm-hmm. there were times where she would even change clubs and hit one shot with one club and one shot with another club at a different target. So, you know, giving yourself that little bit of training, you may think it's kind of a pain in the rear end to change clubs or to change targets. But at the same time, it trains you for what's going to happen out on the golf course. 
Well, exactly. You know, when you think about it, you know, you're not hitting your seven iron, um, you know, 95 times out on the golf course. So it's true. Well, at least you shouldn't be. At least you shouldn't be. So yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, you need you need to be practicing different shots, and and I think what happens with a lot of people, Gail, is is they they get in this mindset. Well, I've got to make everything look good, so I, I've got to just I've got to focus on my ball striking. So I'm hitting it pure, and I'm hitting this, and I'm doing that. Um, but they don't really put all the elements together in in what would be typically um, an experience out in their out in their uh, actual round, so that when they get out there, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to string it all together. They know how to hit some shots but they don't know how to string it together. Let me ask you one final question, then, Cindy, I'm going to bounce it back to you. Um, I, I was sifting around on your website, and I found something really interesting. Um, what is the difference in coaching men and women? There's obviously you know, physical differences between the two, but what's the difference? What, what, when it comes to coaching, what's the difference between the two? I think I, I think that it, it really boils down to one thing, and it is a belief system. Um, guys pretty much will never say, I can't do that. Um, they'll just say, oh, okay, I, yeah, I can do that. I got that. You know, they'll stand up there and swing as hard as they can, and it won't be anything remotely close to what you wanted them to do, <laughs> but they'll give it a big go. Oh, right. right. And, and, and women right. tend to say, well, I can't, I can't do that. And it's a you know, and for whatever reason, it, they just don't feel like they can manufacture what it is that you're you're trying to tell them. And you know, there's no perfection in golf. So, God forbid, someone plays a perfect round of golf because we would we'd have to all quit because we couldn't aspire to that. But right. um, men tend right. to just get up there and, and whack at it, and and you know, yeah. and I, and that's very generalization, a big generalization, but. Sure. They're not afraid to stand up and it's make true, mistakes. It's true, though. And I, oh, yeah. And, and you're right. I think women are more concerned about what does it look like, and they don't want to embarrass themselves. And, and you know, I, I, I grew up playing with a lot of guys, and they didn't ever care what they look like, you know. And, and women right. come out and, and, you know, and I'm guilty of this. I can dress good. I can look nice. <laughs> I can swing pretty. And, but at the same time, I, I know that there's, there's – I'm never going to hit the same – I'm never going to swing the same twice. There's going to be some, there is always something mm-hmm. different, whether it's ball position, whether it's where you are on the golf course, whether it's the wind, whether mm-hmm. you know you you got to suddenly have a stitch in your back. So you you just have to go out there and play. And I think one of the I my in my coaching I probably coach I don't know 65 percent women and 35 percent men, and and that's the big difference is the the belief system that that I can do this. And the ones that decide, okay, I can do this, they're the ones that excel. Um, and, and then it's not to say that they get to, you know, a, a, a level of, of a single-digit handicap, but they excel at their, their, with their own ability, and they end up enjoying it a whole lot more. So if you say you can't, you can't. You know, that's, that's a pretty good adage that I think my father probably told me back when I was a little kid. Um, <laughs> but if you believe that, just to give it a go, give it a try, and see what happens, and not be so concerned about what it looks like, then it's going to be a, um, it's going to turn out okay. So, you know, it, it, it's sort of golf is a microcosm of life, and I think mm-hmm. for a long time women have felt that same, you know, felt that way that I can't do this, and men can do it, and I can't, and that's you see that big change that there's been a huge change to that in my lifetime. So, for all you ladies out there, go for it. You can do it. Absolutely, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think, you know, when it comes to men, we don't care if we look stupid or silly. We'll, we'll get out there and we'll just do it. And if it, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, well, then, you know, we'll, um, you know, mumble under our breath or throw our club or whatever the case is. But, yeah, you're right. The ladies, they, you know, and that's true. I mean, I, I've seen some funky-looking swings out there from some of the men. And I, I will say to my, you know, say to them, I said, what the heck are you doing? And I say, well, I'm just trying to do this, what you said. And I said, that's not what I said. But they don't care. They're just going to go out and do it. Where the ladies, you're exactly right. They're, they're a whole, right. whole different uh, kettle of fish, if they were. Cindy, go ahead. You've had many different roles in the golf industry. Yes, I have. <laughs> Which one have you enjoyed 
I know you enjoy them all, but which one of you enjoyed the most and why? Well, uh, you know, it, I have. I've been, I've been a player. I've been an administrator. Um, I've been a, a promoter, um, you know, commentator and, and a coach. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's maturity <laughs> or lack thereof. Uh, obviously, playing was was amazing. And I look back at it and I sometimes pitch myself and say, wow, I actually did that. I was that, I, I was that good. <laughs> um, and I, I chuckle about that because when I hit a shot now and I hit a really great one, I think, holy cow, I, could, I still got it for a minute. Um, but I think the one that is my favorite and that has been the most rewarding is coaching, no doubt. And I think part of that is because of just my personality. I'm a helper. Um, I want to I help people. Uh, and I get such a charge out of someone getting what I'm trying to, you know, impart to them. Um, I think if I had started out as a teacher and, and didn't go the, the playing route, I, I would have a completely different perspective. I think that I, I am very grateful for the opportunities that I have had over the years and thankful for them. And the my 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 desire is to share that information and share that feeling and, you know, share with them the, the how-tos so that they can come in in their own game. And I think, and, and Skitty, I know you know this, but there's so no nuances to the game that when you stand on the lesson tee with an instructor, you don't really get the nuances part. And for me to be able to go out on the golf course and, and it, it's tiny little things like, you know, I always carry three tees in my pocket because three, you need three tees to take a correct draw. And I always mark my ball this way, and if I have to move my marker for somebody, I flip it over so that I don't forget that, you know, when it's upside down, I've I got to move, move it back. And it's just it's nuanced things like that. And then when it comes to playing, you know, it's, don't, just aim at, don't just aim at the fairway. Pick a specific target and then take that target where you want to go, and let's say it's the 150-yard marker, the stick in the middle of the fairway, go up from that and go up to the horizon. And what can you see on the horizon that is along that target line? And you look at that. So it takes your eye away from all of the trouble that you tend to see on the golf course, and you just swing out to that target on the horizon. And so the nuances like that, I think that's the fun part for me is sharing stuff like that that um, – you know, gives them a, oh, I never thought of that before. Like, hell, that makes it a whole lot easier. Um, so I think that's the part that I will, you know, be grateful for that I, I turned to back to coaching and, and being a part of that world. I know you love it, too. Well, and I think the other part of it is to be really good at playing the game. You have to be so willing to look in the mirror. Oh, yeah. To understand yourself and what yep. your tendencies are. And and I think that we understand how hard it is. And I like you said, you stopped and said, wow, I was really good. And, and you're not thinking about that while you're striving just to get better, right? What do I have to do right. next? And how do I have yep. to fix this? And, and then when you stop and you go, wow, I did a lot of stuff to help me get better. Yep. And so, so many people are, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, no, you can get better. You just have to choose to want to get better. You do. And, and it stop whining and learn yeah. to win. <laughs> it takes time and it takes some patience. Um, you know, I watched I watched the broadcast from Inverness um, for the drive-on championship and saw Jody Ewart shut off, you know, struggle on Sunday. And and that's part of that is just not being in that position very often. And you have to learn how to deal with that position. So then she comes out this week, and she plays great golf the first two days. And then uh, and she's actually she's 63 on, for, on Friday. And, and on Saturday, her putter went cold, and she didn't make a whole lot. Well, yesterday, she you could see the determination that I, I know I can do this. And now just let, i got to let myself do it. And, and she, I mean, she'll be kicking herself today and, and yesterday and today because she left a lot out there. She hit some incredible iron shots, um, especially wedges, and then didn't convert the putt. And 
you know, all of us know that those days where, where everything comes together are few and far between. We've got to relish those. And, and when you look back on those days, you realize that I just got out of my own way. I did all the preparation well. I was ready for adversity. I was ready for anything that might come my way. And I just hit the shot and went to the next one and hit the shot and dealt with whatever that gave me and, and got out of my own way to, 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 you know, score. And, you know, she ended up finishing tied for second. Um, missed, made a beautiful birdie on 17, missed a short one on 16, and missed a short one, or, or hit a not great pitch on, on uh, 18 for Eagle, and ended up making par and was one shot out of first place. So, you know, those are the days where you, you have to sort of pat yourself on the back, say, I did as well as I could today. What can I learn from this? Um, what, do I need, what do I need to work on? I, I, know my, I know my strengths. Now I need to work on my weaknesses and then move on from that. And, and you're right, so the, the, the I can't, it's, you just can't. You, 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 there's, it's not a healthy um, way to look at your game. Uh, you know, Lydia Ko spent a lot of time over this COVID break working on her golf swing. And one of the things that Paige McKenzie imparted to all of us was that her coach, um, Sean Foley, has tried to simplify things down to get her head less cluttered. And, you know, she wants to know, do I need my hands to be here? Do I need to, to feel this? Do I need to do that? And why? And he's just trying to get her to swing like she did when she was 15. And let's take a look at that. And what did that feel like? What do you remember about that? And, and just go with it. It's um, yeah. also a funny game. The right brain. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, you, you know, over the years, you, you can see how Lydia's golf swing has changed immensely. And she, her golf swing this past week looked so much more like the one that I saw when she was 15 years old at the, the CP Women's Open, and she won as an amateur. And it was just so natural, and it just looked so good on her because it was her golf swing. Um, and over the years, she's she's come to have a golf swing that is what other people think it should be. And your golf swing is your golf swing. And I'm glad to see her getting back to that. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it well, it's kind of like an evolution, really, if you think about it. Your, your game sure. does evolve over time. Um, and you think of all the players, both PJ and LPJ, who have sort of reinvented the wheel um, many times in their career, some have been fortunate and, and it has served them well and others um, maybe not so much. And you're right. You have to sort of, you have to own your game. You have to sort of realize that this is the swing I've been given. And yes, you can do things to tweak it and, and make it better, but it's never going to be better than what you can make it. Um, And that's a great point that you raise with a lot of other, um, you know, players that have been told, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then suddenly it doesn't resemble anything that they've right. typically done and, and they end up struggling and, you know, they're changing coaches all the time and they're, you know, struggling on the golf course all the time. So it's really boils down to, you know, making that decision. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out there and work on what I know works well for me. And that doesn't mean you don't get guidance from your coach, but I think you've got to be careful of that. And that can be detrimental for a player. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, you, you got to go with what you have that day. And some days you get to, mm-hmm. to go to warm up and, and you, for the life of me, you hit a draw every day. And for the life of me, you can't hit a draw. You're hitting phase. So you need to go to that first tee thinking, okay, so, Today I'm playing a fade. I'm just going to swing and aim a little further left than I normally do. And usually, right. what happens is it starts to come around, and you, you get and you're hitting the fade because of some tension, some movement that you're making that's either too quick or or you're doing something that you don't normally do. And that's because of the adrenaline. That's because of you know excitement. That's because of tension. And when you get out there and you get settled. You, 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 you tend to go revert back to, to where you should be. But, you know, those first couple of shots, um, when you stand on the first team, you're playing the first hole, we all know how it goes. You hit it poorly off the first team, boy, you've got to grind hard to, to make yourself 
not let those demons come in your head and say, oh, I've got to fix this and i got to do that. I gotta, you've got to go back to the simplified mm-hmm. part of it. It's just like if you three-putt the first hole. It doesn't mean you're going to putt that all day. It just means you three-putted the first hole. So get over it. So yep. move on to the next one. Yep. But, you know, it's really fun to see players sort of grab that evolution and, and be able to yep. just sort of go with it and, and do their best. Well said. Well, Gail, we want to thank you very much for joining us uh, once again this morning on the Women of Golf Show. We uh, always enjoy your input and uh, appreciate your your thoughts into the game. And um, thank you. Well, thank you, Edison. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Safe travels. Thanks. You you too. Bye-bye. All right, that was Gail Graham. uh, LPGA teaching a club professional and a member of the Legends Tour uh, always uh, has some words of wisdom. All right, we actually went a few seconds over time to this this week. Um, Cindy and I want to thank you very much for tuning into the Women of Golf Show. We hope you'll join us next week where we will have uh, some more interesting guests and, of course, talk about this great game. So on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.